Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford. And today I have an absolute gem of a guest for you. Uh, we're talking with the one, the only, Seth Green from Market Domination. Now, he does so many things. It's like, it doesn't even do it justice to, to, like, to list it out. But just here's a few listed on uh, Inc. 5000 uh, helps some of the biggest names in the world with podcasting, build out podcasts and uh, from Kevin Harrington, you name it. He's worked with a ton of amazing experts and his laundry list of A plus clients is a mile long. And uh, I got him here on the show for us. I ask him some questions and uh, I dig into uh, what, what he thinks about direct response marketing, how he got his start and ultimately how to build a successful business. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to the episode. As I mentioned, we have Seth with us today. And Seth, not only is he a podcaster, but he is a, a marketer at heart. I, funny enough, I, I came across your first, um, the first time I came across you were, it was an axe throwing challenge. I think you were hosting or something like that. Oh my God. And, wow, you are going back in time. Oh, well, I've been on the internet for like eternity. <laughs> But uh, I, I, that's when I first came across you. And you literally are such a consistent marketer. I absolutely love that. And today we're going to talk about podcasting. We're going to talk about what you, how you feel about direct marketing and, and all that great stuff. And we'll get into it. Thanks for coming on the show, Seth. Uh, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm a fan of the show. This is going to be a lot of fun. And that wasn't an axe throwing challenge. It was I host a monthly mastermind group and we took them to... Um, a, a axe throwing place where in addition to the, you know, hour of direct response marketing that we taught, we then yes. had lunch and drinks and threw axes. Like, can you ask for more of life? <laughs> <laughs> so you have your direct marketing, you're throwing axes, you're learning, you're growing your business. That's epic. And I, I can't recall exactly how I came across it, but when I did, I was like, that is interesting. Like nobody is doing that. And that was the early days. Like now, like I'm sure quite a few people have gone to do the axe throwing and stuff, but that was very unique angle. And I think you're very, very good at that of thinking of these unique situations and, and helping people grow. So let's, let's just dive into your, how'd you get started on this journey? Like what, I know that's a, that's a loaded question, but if you want to just give us the Coles notes of like, how did you become a direct response marketer and, and build your business? Cause you're also on the Inc 5,000 as well. Like you're doing things, man. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So the short version of how I got started is I became, I was a, I got out of college and became a college financial aid negotiator. Mm. I was helping families cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per year per kid. And the Fortune 500 company I went to work for said, here's the phone book a couple decades ago. Um, go get them, make 300 cold calls a day, interrupt <laughs> strangers, ask them for money. So I did, and I hated that part of it. Yeah. I loved the work I was doing, but I hated the process of getting clients. Um, fast forward a little bit. I had the good fortune to convince my wife to let me borrow more than our mortgage um, on our first house to go work with legendary marketer Dan Kennedy. And the I was there were 6,700 advisors at the firm I worked for. I was 6,700. I was dead last. And two years of working with Dan, I was in the top 30 nationwide. Um, and competing against people who had been in business twice as long as I'd even been alive. This was my early 20s. And 
It worked so well. This was before the internet. I got written about in every trade journal, every book for the financial services industry. My phone started ringing with advisors going, how do I do what you did? Mm -hmm. um, I faxed Dan and said, what do I do? Dan said, you start a marketing company and do it for him. So <laughs> almost 17 years ago, marketdominationllc.com was born. Um, I let, I started with one advisor client and me, and now we've grown over the last 17 years to help you know, thousands of clients and dozens and dozens of different industries. And, you know, we have an amazing team staff of, you know, several dozen team members. That's, that's epic, man. I like, uh, there there's after hosting the show for long enough, there's like certain like nuances and threads that you see when people come on. And one of those is cold calling pretty much everybody I talk to. They're like, Oh, I did this summer or, Oh, I did this thing. I did door knocking. I did all of this stuff. How important was that time for you getting all of those no's and, and developing you as the entrepreneur that you are today? Um, I think it, you know, I never thought about it like that. How important was it? I am guessing. Because I know you hated it. We all I did. It. Yes. The <laughs> Developing the thick skin and the imperviousness yeah. to um, rejection, I am sure helped me later and helped me realize that not everybody's, the more people are going to say no than say yes. Yeah. And you got to get through the no's to get to the yeses. So I'm sure it helped. But if I could have traded it for, you know, <laughs> a condo in Vegas or something, I happily would have. Sign me up. Yeah, no, that's it. it. It's funny because literally every guest has that moment of like, yeah, this really sucks. So I had to figure out a way to get better clients and then introduce direct response marketing. What was it like working with Dan? Like, were you a mentee of his or what was that process like? And I'm sure you learned an absolute ton. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, it was absolutely incredible, uh, better than any business school education I could have gotten because <laughs> anything I learned in school would have been outdated anyway, right after I graduated. Yeah. So I, I learned a lot of what not to do. I learned a lot of what to do. Um, I became, I feel a really, really good copywriter and marketing strategist. And mm -hmm. I learned a lot. You know, the biggest, I think the most surprising thing I learned was how much of your success is based on your personal development, not necessarily your marketing prowess. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I, Tony Robbins says it all the time now that 80% of success is psychology, 20% is skill, but he wasn't saying that, you know, 20 yeah. years ago when I was learned, when I needed to learn it. Yeah. So it's awesome in that the more work you do on yourself, the bigger your business will grow to meet your new person. Yeah, that that's awesome. And did Dan give you like it, it like a direct instruction on how to get there, or was it more like try this, try that, try this, and then just through proxy, you're like, okay, there's something bigger happening here. Um, there was both. So there was the element of you need to go read this book, go do this thing. Hey, go mm -hmm. take ten sales letters that are some of the best of all time and write them out by hand. There were exercises I had to do. There were times that he literally wrote the copy. And there were times that um, he said, you know, I could give you the answer, but I'm but the very first campaign we ever did was a total flop the first time. Yeah. And I was trying to drive people to a in-person seminar to give them a presentation. And he said, I could tell you what you did wrong with the copy, but I think you should make 30 or 40 phone calls until you talk to at least 10 people who remember getting the invitation and ask them why they didn't respond. And you'll learn more than me just giving it to you. 
which I did and then changed the headline in the next wave of mailing with two words, three words and dramatic that campaign become a big success and dramatically increased my response rate. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. And it's, it's the tedious stuff I find, right? And I don't know if you find the same thing, but I get excited about a campaign. There's 99% chance that that's going to fail. <laughs> it's the one that I'm always like, oh, that, we just throw that out there. It, and it seems to always be this one that kind of flies under the radar. Uh, that's awesome. So working with Dan, learning from him, is he, like, I've never personally met him. Is he as as grouchy as he comes across in his marketing? Like, I would just be working because I wouldn't want him to yell at me. I'd be like, whatever you say, Dan, you just tell me, man. You're going to get yelled at anyway. Um, <laughs> he's, it. De- so it de- I guess it would depend on how big a check you write. Um, <laughs> so you can get Great some answer. of the grouchiness to go away. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't all go away. He's still the whole cranky old guy personality is kind of accurate. But if you learn how to relate to him, then you can. I mean, I never had a problem in our relationship. I never felt he was mad at me. I never felt like, oh, no, I'm going to piss Dan off. Like, you know, we had I I, to this great guy. Yeah. So when, and I know from experience that that persona is crafted. It's not just like Dan woke up and he's like, this is who he is. Did you learn any of that stuff when you're building your persona and your marketing company and all that stuff? Does he teach that? A hundred percent. He even has a whole course called personality and copy about that. And I specifically, like he, some of it is true and that he can be cranky. um, (laughs) And some of it is built on purpose. And I learned, it's funny, I got to work with Sally Hogshead, who was a Dan Kennedy, you know, who spoke at some of Dan's events and invented the fascinate process. And her quote honestly said it better than Dan's. And she told me, don't be less of you. You need to be more of you for the right people. Different is better than better. 100%. Um, So when I realized that, and Dan taught me, you know, we all have some skeletons in the closet or some things we aren't proud of. And... I was high. I wasn't. And he was like, why aren't you sharing that? That makes you more relatable. He's like, every time when I was on the success tour and spoke in front of 10,000 people in a stadium, every time in any event, when I told my bankruptcy story, when I tell my diabetes story, when I tell my divorce story, when I tell my alcoholic story, someone comes up who has bought and says, I'm a diabetic, I'm an alcoholic, I'm divorced. And they bought because they could relate to me. So you need to air your dirty laundry because people will say without it, People will go, oh, I can't do that. That's a Seth thing. But if I say, listen, I went bankrupt <laughs> when I was 22, or I did this and I did that, then they're like, oh, yeah. I can do it too. He's human. Yeah, no, that, I think that's absolutely epic. And being someone coming up in business, we think things need to be a certain way. You have to dress a certain way, feel a certain way. But as I, I'm going in like 15, 16 years into my journey, I, like if you would have seen me back then, I would have been dressed totally different. I, I always like just imagined it had to be a certain way, but all of those were not true. And I find the more relatable I am, the more deals I get, the more conversations I have and uh, the faster I can help people grow because I think our limiting beliefs on how it should be slows down the results for our clients at the exact same time, right? Like 100%. It's all in our own heads. And the sooner we yes. realize that and get out of our heads, the better yes. off we will be. Yes, hundred percent. And if I would go back in time, I would say shoot bigger. I would <laughs> I would have bigger conversations faster because they're just the same as the small conversations and uh, and all that good stuff. That's awesome. So uh, working with Dan, you had success. You were in all the uh, trade magazines, and then you your next step was like 
Cause he's like, Hey, start a marketing agency. And then you started that. What did that look like? And who were you serving? Um, I started out only serving financial advisors because it's what I knew. Yep. I allowed one of them to hire me and test my stuff and test what I had come up with and see if it would work for um, him the way it worked for me. It did. Um, and then we were off to the races. We started getting helping lots and lots of financial advisors. Um, that's where the bulk of our original clients came from. And then um, we had clients who'd say, hey, I had business owners contact me who said, hey, I can't use you for the financial stuff because my brother-in-law is my advisor, but I got your marketing because I'm a high net worth business owner or whatever. Um, our marketing for our company isn't as good. Can we do more? That was my first non-financial advisor client. He goes, can we hire you for that? And I said, I don't know. Um, how big a check can you write? And he said, well, my budget is this. And I was like, you can hire me for that. Yeah. Um, so good. that was our first industry that wasn't financial services. And it took off from there. Because as you know, the principles of direct response apply no matter what industry you're doing. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I like, so when I wrote my book, it was very much based on those ideas because they don't change, right? And I find that- uh, markets may change and all this stuff changes in with the internet nowadays. Like you could be running Facebook ads one day, you get your account shut down and then you got this next thing. And like uh, I running my agency uh, when it was an agency, I found that I was constantly shifting how I was doing marketing and how I was thinking until I discovered direct response. And that was like, I didn't even know what direct response was years into my marketing career, if that sounds crazy enough. Like I had seen it my entire life. I just had no idea what to call it. I didn't even know what copywriting fully was. Once I started to get into that conversation, everything in my business and my life changed. So that's why I scream it from the rooftops now. Uh, how were you servicing those clients that you had coming in? Like, were you doing direct marketing campaigns for them or what did that look like? Yes, we were doing, again, back then, it started out all in direct mail and print advertising. So mm -hmm. we were either creating the print ads for them or writing the direct mail campaign and sourcing the list and getting it out the door. And then obviously with the advent of, you know, the internet and social media and every week there's a new app, um, we've yes. grown a lot to encompass. The principles of marketing stay the same. Yes. The media we have to reach them has multiplied geometrically. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. And based on all the years you've been running advertising, is there one key thing that really sets the winning campaigns uh, apart from uh, the losing campaigns? And I, I, know that's, I, mean, I know that's loaded. It really is. That's like <laughs> when, that's like when Dan says, I hate it when people ask me the, if you could, is there one thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I asked that question because everybody has a different opinion of what's important to them. So like for me personally, I think the big secret is testing because without testing, you're, it doesn't matter how good you are. So have you seen like a common theme or, or something along those lines that we can give the, the listeners a little nugget? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, you took away my testing example, um, <laughs> so I can't use that one. So I am going to say uh, the list selection, who your target market is. I 100%. think that is 50% based on our statistics. It's 50% of the success or failure of any marketing campaign in any business is, are you going after the right people? In a digital world, do you find that it's easier or harder to find that right person? Easier. Um, there are so many ways to, re I mean, again, we had print ads and direct mail and that was all we had. Like there are so many, it is so much easier now to reach the right people because there is no privacy yeah. um, that I, I wouldn't want to go back. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And then so somebody who was a newer entrepreneur coming into it, they essentially got it made compared to no cold calling, <laughs> no no trying to identify uh, that that target audience just by that kind of spray and pray method. I think all essentially with direct mail and correct me if I'm wrong, it was just the trades, right? Like that's how you would really kind of niche down is those types of magazines and, and different lists. Direct, yeah, direct. So if we were doing print ads, it was what magazine or newspaper can we run in? Direct yeah. mail, it was what list can we sort? What list can we buy or rent? Whether mm -hmm. that's a compiled list or a response list, like renting a magazine subscription list or then who's somebody who's bought someone else's offer. Yeah, no, that that's totally awesome. So, um, and let's talk about, so now you're doing digital full, like you do Facebook ads, all, all the whole gambit. Yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. If, Let's they, go. if, if there's a way <laughs> to make it direct response friendly, we will do it. Who is your primary client now? Who do you work with? And what does that look like? Um, so we've got a couple different niches that we play in. Um, financial services is still our biggest one. Um, mm -hmm. professional practices. So accountant, doctor, lawyer type of folks, white collar professional with a high ticket transaction value. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do a lot of work in the um, e-commerce um, course creator and info marketer and physical product space. Okay, man, that's totally awesome. And I, and obviously if you're on the Inc. 5, like you're helping people and you're changing lives and you're making massive impact and you have the experience that you have in, in doing this for as long as you have, it's an absolute, uh, absolute epic journey. I, I want to talk to you about, I know you have a book out uh, about using a podcast to create a business. How important is that? Is that something that everybody should do or how, how important has that been for you growing your business? Um, so it's responsible for almost $10 million worth of revenue for us. Is that and, it? <laughs> and 150 million for our clients and sales. Yeah. Um, so should everybody do it? No, because of the investment involved. Like if you were a local pizza place, you yes. know, that sells a $4 pizza combo meal, I wouldn't do it. Yep. The ROI just wouldn't be there. If you have a high ticket transaction value, we have not, and we've been in some crazy industries. We have not found an industry that has a high ticket transaction value that this won't work for. Beautiful. But again, <laughs> they're not going to start a podcast tomorrow and become Joe Rogan. It's yep. following a strategic thought out business and marketing plan to use to grow your business with the podcast. And it's not about, you know, getting a million downloads tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that we do things as marketers and as entrepreneurs, because we think we're going to get this bigger outcome. Like for example, when I wrote my book, my expectation wasn't to sell a, a, a metric shit ton of these books. <laughs> it was to start conversations so we can then have, have the real conversation about how I can help and serve my clients and get that authority. I find the podcast for me personally is a great way to not just connect, but give you that authority in the industry as well. If somebody is thinking about starting a podcast, they have something that's high ticket. What's some uh, words of wisdom that you can lay upon them to, to help them achieve that goal faster? Um, I would work on, again, um, who is the target market? Um, I would work on then going one level up and saying, who are the influencers in that space that could get you in front of hundreds or thousands of those target market at once? And if you follow our process for having them on a show and then turning them into an affiliate, you'll have great success. 
Oh, wow. That's awesome. So I have yet to, to buy your book, but I'm going to do it just right after this call. I'm going to get a copy of that and I'm going to make sure that I read it because I have a podcast and I have seen and used it for selling in the past, but I haven't have been super systematic about it. So I think there's something there. Um, again, similar to the book, it gives you that authority and allows you to have that great conversation and, and get to people that you would normally get to, right? Like when's the last time we sat in a room, Seth? <laughs> like, Absolutely. It's probably, probably before COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's been a minute. So, uh, no, that, that's definitely great. Um, to not, again, I don't want to have a super loaded question for you, but at the same time, a lot of our listeners are newer in their journey. You've already dropped enough wisdom as far as like self-development and, and all these different pieces. If you could go back in time, Seth, to talk to your younger self, is there something that you wish you, that you know now that you wish you did then? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, if I, <laughs> and I mean, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to you know, put the keg, but we want the sound bite. And also I want to be able to uh, actually help some people today. And I know that's why you're here. I would have built systems sooner so that my business could run without me sooner. I would have hired people to run those systems sooner to free up more of my time. And I would have invested more money in our own marketing back in the beginning. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and dropping the value today. I uh, you I hear that you have a special offer for everybody who's listening. How about uh, do they go about finding that, Seth? Yep, absolutely. So if you want to get your very own physical copy of the Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with the podcast, How to Turn Warm Fuzzy Feelings into Cold Hard Cash, at thirty three percent off the Amazon price, go to ultimatepodcastbook.com. That is for the direct response show fans. Ultimatepodcastbook.com. You can get the book shipped to you for thirty three percent less then you can get it on Amazon. Seth, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, okay. Appreciate you. Was I right or was I right? Seth always delivers. Now, that episode was a little bit on the shorter side than what we normally deliver, but at the same time, it's just value-packed. I was able to ask him a ton of questions. The thing with uh, Dan Kennedy was hilarious to me. Uh, it was just something that I've always wondered myself personally, so I thought I'd ask him directly, and uh, Seth is an amazing man, and uh, all, of his, all of his clients are also amazing, and how he came up in his story was amazing, so hopefully you enjoyed that episode, and if you did, please take a moment to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast so you can get notifications, and as we grow, I can bring on bigger and better guests just for you. All right. I appreciate you. See you in the next one. Peace.